and welcome. This is the Glass City Game Time Podcast. My name is Corey Crisson. This week we're talking LPGA. You read the title, you clicked the link, you already know what we're talking about. The LPGA is back in Northwest Ohio with not one, but two events for us to sink our teeth into. The LPGA Drive-On Championship at Inverness Club, and then the Marathon LPGA Classic at Highland Meadows. This podcast dropping on the Sunday that the Drive-On is being played, so we're going to talk heavily in this podcast episode about the Marathon LPGA Classic. And in this episode, it's a special episode, we're going to have a triple feature for you. Not one, not two, but three guests to break down all the action of the tour returning to play right here again in Northwest Ohio. We're going to talk to Stacy Lewis, who, of course, a Toledo native, very popular around here amongst the golf fans. We get her take on golf returning to play, going through quarantine, coming back to Northwest Ohio. We also talked to Jerry Fultz of the Golf Channel, who is in Toledo for both events and is working both events for the Golf Channel. And Jerry joins me to kind of break down the golf course and break down the field. It's a loaded field this year, full of 2019 and probable 2021 Solheim Cup participants. And of course, the Solheim Cup in 2021 being played at Inverness Club. And then last, but of course not least, we're joined by Blade Sports writer Kyle Rowland. Kyle covers golf for us, and he does a fantastic job. He's out covering the LPGA Drive-On Championship, and we talk and preview the Marathon LPGA Classic. He has talked to the superintendent. He has walked the course. He has a good idea of the track. So let's not waste any more time. We'll jump right into the triple feature. We'll talk to Stacey Lewis first. We'll talk to Jerry Fultz second, and we'll end with our own Kyle Rowland. So stay tuned for the three interviews for this special episode of Glass City Game Time, and I'll talk to you again at the end of the podcast. The golf world, on the men's side, it's been going for a few weeks here, but the LPGA resuming in Toledo on July 31st. What were your thoughts that, you know, when you heard that we were going to be starting this season here in Toledo? Um, well, my first thought was, wow, Marathon is going to get a great field this year. Um, that's something they've always struggled with is getting a good field, and I don't think we're going to have to worry about that at all. Um, but for me personally, it's going to be great to be able to see family and just a place that I'm super comfortable. I've played in Inverness a number of times. Um, but just really to just be playing golf again is what I'm excited about. You know, we've just, we've been, as a tour, we've been dealing with this since, January, February, I mean, because we were overseas in Asia, we had Asia, Asia events canceled because of this earlier in the year. So we've been dealing with this a long time, and it's had a, unfortunately, had a pretty big, a dramatic effect on our tour this year. But um, I've kind of gotten to the point where any golf we play this year is a bonus. And so I'm really hoping that we play in a couple weeks, which I think we will, um, but just excited to play. Yeah, you mentioned that really since January, the LPGA has been feeling the effects of this. So what have you kind of been doing to stay ready in training throughout this period that we're working through? Yeah, you know, me personally, I never really shut it down. Um, I would say I didn't practice as hard. 
Um, didn't spend as many hours there, but it, it got to the point where I didn't have anything else to do. So it was like, well, let's just go to the golf course for a couple hours and hang out. And we, that was kind of our routine every day. Um, so I would say I've been ready, but it's been nice that I've been able to work on my golf swing and kind of work through some things that I really I needed to do for a while. And um, so I'm just, you know, I'm excited to see where my game is at when I come back. But my body feels stronger. I feel like I'm in better shape again. And um, just for me, it's actually been a really good time. You mentioned things that you felt like you needed to work on for a while. What are some of those things? Well, I look back on probably the year year or two before I had Chesney even, um, kind of was just fighting the golf swing a lot and really just kind of been spinning our wheels the last couple of years to try to fight, find something to play with and never really have had time to actually work on anything. Um, and, it's, and it's different trying to work on your golf swing while you're playing tournaments versus when you're just at home. And so, um, you know, I... I, just some different some setup issues that have kind of caused that caused a rib injury and caused some different aches with my body and so just kind of trying to ease things up on my body that so I don't get hurt so that I can play this game as long as I want and um actually went through some old swings from was on YouTube looking at some swings and some different setup positions that I was in gosh probably seven eight years ago and kind of trying to go to back to some of that. So you get to try some of those new things out at Inverness Club July 31st. We see it from, I guess we meaning me and the fans get to see it from a spectator's point of view, but somebody that's been on that course and and walked those links, can you describe what that's like to play on that kind of golf course? Um, Well, it's a lot of fun. I, I love it. It's fun. You know, it's a challenge. It's There's long rough. The fairways are narrow. Um there's kind of dog legs and some different angles to it. You know, it's not it's not just a straightforward golf course. You kind of have to know where you're going. And um, then all the history there of the guys playing there and major championships. And um, for a lot of girls, too, it'll be a good look for Solheim next year. So, um, so I was just, you know, I was just excited that Inverness decided to open their doors to us and be so willing to have us and um, just give us another opportunity to play. And then the week after the Marathon Classic, uh, coming to Sylvania to play at Highland Meadows. What are your experiences like on that golf course? Uh, well, I think it was last year I had one of my best finishes. Um, this, I've obviously played it a ton. Played there as an amateur. Played every year as a pro that we've had the tournament. Um, it's just, it's a lot of family memories, memories for me of my grandparents watching me play there before they passed away. And um, my parents' families are still there and friends. So it's, it's just a really fun week for me. And I'm excited that we're going to get things out that later in the week that week. Um, just so people can kind of get out of the house and go see some live golf. And, you know, cause I really feel like golf is, is a sport we can play right now if people are smart about it and they social distance and, you know, there won't be grandstands. Things will definitely be different. Um, but I think there's a way to do it. You mentioned that the field for these events that are coming to Toledo looks to be as deep as it's perhaps ever been. You've been on this tour for a number of years. How do you think the field has grown, whether it's an influx of international talent or young talent? What do you see playing out with this field that's coming to Toledo? Um, well, usually the Marathon Classic is kind of right in the run of a busy summer of major championships and things like that and run, and when we go overseas. And so 
it often gets overlooked by players. Um, it's the one that everybody kind of skips and doesn't play. And where this year you're going to have, I mean, at least on the American side, I think you're going to have all of your American players there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how what the international players decide to do as far as, you know, do they come over? Do they do they stay in Korea or Japan and play over there? Um, you know, I think that'll be kind of a personal decision for them, but um, but I really feel like you're going to have a deeper field than we've probably ever had at that tournament. In the 2019 Solheim Cup, you unfortunately had to withdraw with a back injury. How's that feeling now? Um, everything's been great. You know, that's that's why I really have loved this time off is um, I've been able to he- to properly heal and to get to get some muscle back on me so and work on my golf swing so that so that doesn't happen again. Um, you know, there was some bad tendencies with golf swing and setup that really, that ultimately led to that. So, um, so I'm really, body wise, I'm feeling a lot better than I have in a number of years. So again, the Solheim cup coming to Toledo, the international golf eye, if you will, will be on that venue. What do you think about the possibility of having that event at a place like Inverness? Do you think Inverness is a good spot for it? I do, I do. I think, you know, the Midwest has typically been a a great spot for us as far as fans. Um, but just that golf course is it's pretty tight, you know, it's not far from tee to green. The holes kinda they go back and forth, they kinda pass each other. So you're going to be kinda scrunched in there a little bit and it's gonna be loud. Um, the first intense tee, I'm so excited they to see what they do because right they're right next to each other. They're basically on the same tee box and so I think they're going to do a massive build there and just, I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. You know, I can't wait to, for that, for the first tee experience is what everybody talks about. And um, it sets up perfectly there at Inverness to kind of make it, to make it loud. Yeah. I think everybody's looking forward to seeing that too. The shifting of, you know, the, the Scottish open in August and, you know, there's still some international events on the calendar. How do you feel about the potential of going overseas given everything that's going on right now? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still in the maybe category of whether I would go or not. Um, kind of just weighing all the options and we're going to find out more information next week on kind of just, I just want to learn all the protocols of what would happen if we do happen to get the virus when we're over in Scotland. Um, things like that. So it's, I don't know, I'm I'm still a little bit hesitant. I feel good traveling in the U.S. I feel like, you know, you can wear your mask and you can be safe. Um, there's a way to do it. But the international stuff, um, just, I guess it just kind of scares you being that far away from home and potentially getting sick and those kind of things. So, um, and the good thing is this year, Wins matter, but outside of that, it doesn't really matter. So it does, the tour is not forcing us to play, which I think was a great move to just, you know, if you're not comfortable with the virus and being and potentially getting sick, then you don't have to play. And um, I think that was a very, a very good move by them. And I'm glad you bring that up because it, some people may perceive pressure as different things. And it sounds like you're perceiving it as th- there's really no pressure at all for this season. Does that sound right? Correct. I mean, it's our status that we have this year is guaranteed for next year, regardless of how you play this year. But if you win a tournament, it's still an official win, um, goes in the history books and that kind of thing. Um, but I just like, you know, that the tour is not forcing us somebody to go play. 
that's mm-hmm. not comfortable with it. And I just, you know, I just, I really applaud that move because it just, you know, we are tours from all over the world and, you know, somebody just may feel safer being in their home country right now and waiting for all this to kind of die down and you can't fault them for that. What are you looking forward to most about coming back to Toledo? Um, well, one, just playing for playing competitive golf and having to sign a scorecard, uh, but just being able to see my family, you know, that that's always, you know, we usually have cookouts and, um, my, at my aunt and uncle's houses and, um, just looking forward to seeing the crew and, um, my cousin had a baby. So looking forward to meeting her for the first time too. That's awesome. And, uh, we look forward to having the tour back in Toledo and, Safe travels, and I hope everybody, you know, could stay as safe as possible throughout this entire process. That's right. That's right. Let's do. Every, let's wear masks. Let's do what we need to do to to hopefully get back to living our lives a little bit. Hundred percent, Stacy. Thank you for the few minutes here. We do appreciate the time, and good luck with everything. You got it. We'll see you in a few weeks. My thanks again goes to Stacy Lewis, of course, for taking time. She's a very busy woman, being a mom, being a player on the LPGA Tour, practicing, training, having to adjust her travel schedule to get back to Toledo to play in these tournaments. And we thank her for taking time again to join us on Glass City Game Time. Now we shift the conversation over to Jerry Fultz, an analyst for the Golf Channel. When I was doing some research for this interview to talk to you, I was perusing your Twitter feed, and you have lived quite the quarantine life. I saw stuff from agriculture to golf to food. What has the quarantine life been like for Jerry Fultz? Uh, Well, it's been unexpected for all of us. Um, It feels a little bit like retirement. Obviously, uh, Karen Stubbles and myself, we were going crazy for stuff to do, and we just started doing house projects and and loved it. And then she took a liking to mowing. The, we have four acres here. She likes riding on the mower, so she does that nearly every day. And, and I was shopping for groceries and uh, went down one of the aisles. I had like five or six early when we were trying to stock up, five or six loaves of bread in there, and I passed the flour, and I'm like, it can't be that tough to make bread. And next thing you know, I bake every single day something different. So... It's uh, It's been interesting. We've had so much fun with the interaction on Twitter, having some fun with it in a very tongue-in-cheek manner, uh, just to try and provide a little diversion for uh, friends and family and, and what have you um, during these awful times. So we've uh, that's, that's kept us most entertained. So the venture of baking bread real quick. I know it can be a very tedious process. Did your first loaf come out the way you wanted it to, or was there a trial and error? Well, there wasn't really a goal on the first. The first loaf was to see if it would actually work. And I didn't use, uh, I just baked a a a round loaf of bread that you put on a pan. It, it was kind of like a soda bread almost, but with yeast. And it turned out fantastic. And I, actually, and I'm not sure I've matched that loaf of bread yet, but I've gotten uh, some pretty good, really fluffy, huge white loaves that we basically turned into what we call Texas toast. And uh, we haven't bought a loaf of bread in six months. That saves you what? Let's say a couple bucks a week, three, four bucks a week. I mean, you're looking at some good money there. Now, real quick, before we do get to golf, what is a calzolts? <laughs> it's, it's a deep fried calzone. I thought I invented it, but my friend Trip Eisenhower, one of our golf channel, golf uh, central 
uh, analyst told me that there are restaurants who serve a deep fried calzone, but it is basically a pizza crust. And I love making the pizza dough. I probably worked harder on that than anything else. So you take a pizza dough, you roll up all the ingredients of a pizza, you make it into a calzone, and then you deep fry it. Most everything uh, that hasn't been baked or is a combination of baking and deep frying. Got a deep fryer right before this whole thing started. And and I'm deep frying Oreos, deep fried Twinkies, deep fried hot dogs with bacon wrapped around it. It's amazing the things you can deep fry. Going all out with it, you know, you you got to expand from the traditional French fries, which, by the way, I mean, get your own potatoes, blanch your fries, and then fry them like that. There's nothing better than a nice French fry with some ketchup and salt. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I, I I have gotten past the blanching process by just double frying them. And uh, and I put together a nice little concoction of popcorn salt with a bunch of spices. So uh, my French fries, I, I think, are yeah, I, I, I haven't tasted any better yet. Put it that way. Yeah, a lot of people have been trying to expand their culinary uh, repertoires, which is great. I think if there's a silver lining to take out of this quarantine period, but golf is back here in Toledo, and the fields for both tournaments are so extravagant. And, you know, obviously without play for a few months here, players are kind of itching to get back at it. What's your take on the field that's going to be coming to Toledo to play? You know, we saw in the drive on and now with the marathon approaching. Uh, I think I'm more excited about these events um, than than you would think I should be because so many of the Asian stars aren't going to make the trip and understandably so. Um what it's giving us is a chance to look at some of the young potential and, and certainly future stars that are going to be brand new to the scene coming out of college, Alban Valenzuela, um, Andrea Lee, both from Stanford, Bianca Pagdaganan uh, from the University of Arizona, who just hits it a country mile, uh, and, and quite a few others. And it's also a chance, both tournaments are, for other players who don't get in any events to resurrect their career, someone like uh, Cheyenne Woods to have a great week or two and do something that could really change her outlook going forward. So I think it's exciting as can be to see these young players that I've seen and I follow because obviously I'm entrenched in women's golf as they play through college and play through amateur golf, get a chance to tee it up. And maybe, you know, maybe somebody's life changes this coming week uh, at the marathon. You never know. The field again, it's so deep and it's so young and talented and a good number of the Solheim Cup participants from last year and some that we can expect to see next year here at Inverness Club are going to be playing in these events. How about that star power that you know we can kind of preview and look at and say, wow, the brightest are really going to come out to Toledo. What are some of those names that we can look out for? Uh, from the young American stars, uh, you don't have to look much farther than Lexi and the Corda sisters, um, which is pretty high pretty high cotton right there with the talent amongst those three uh, young ladies. Uh, Brittany Lincecombe returning to action is pretty darn cool after having a baby. And, and she said, if I knew I was going to have six more months off, I might've had the second one already, but she's always fun to cover. Um, yeah. I just looked down the field list a little while ago. I didn't even know I could access it before tournament week. And uh, it's pretty impressive. It, it, it uh, again, we're missing some of the what would I consider them household names amongst the Asian stars, but it's understandable they're not coming. And in the process, it opens the door uh, for others to get into events, who, some whose names with which we're familiar from past years and are maybe trying to find that career again. And others are young people who we're going to get introduced to and be able to introduce to the viewer um, that we're going to see a lot of in the coming years. 
and Commissioner Mike Wan. I think he's done a fantastic job of being up front with organizing these events and, of course, telling the players, hey, if you don't play this year, it's not going to affect your status for 2021. You know, even going forward, we've got the Scottish Open coming up in mid-August. How do you feel that these tournaments here in Toledo are going to be kind of a primer to set the tone for the rest of that season? You know, when I heard about the uh, the drive-on challenge getting announced and created basically because of what has transpired, um, I was so excited because I've been absolutely stoked to use a word that somebody my age probably shouldn't be using um, about the Solheim Cup in Toledo because the fans at Marathon year in and year out have just been so loyal, so dedicated, so uh, so enthusiastic about the LPGA, and uh, and it's just going to be the most amazing fans. I've done a bunch of Ryder Cups, I've done some Presidents Cups, and I've done quite a few Solheim Cups. And to me, the Solheim Cup is more fun for the for the primary reason is that the fans are biased, but they're not mean spirited. And you get you know you get those handfuls of people at a Ryder Cup of fans at a Ryder Cup that are just, just make it a bad experience for everybody. You don't get that in women's golf. You certainly don't get it at the Solheim Cup. And Toledo has some of the best golf fans in the entire world. They're going to get treated to something really cool. And I know the team, Becky Newell, and the entire team that has been living there, that had to move there to relocate there and organize the Solheim Cup, are really excited to be able to showcase uh, Inverness to the, you know, to, the, to the LPGA and to the golfing, uh, the golf viewers. You know, you look at Inverness, but then you got Highland Meadows up in Sylvania with the marathon. What makes that course so challenging and such a, you know, presentation for the players to get at? It's traditional in style and design. It is, it's not short. It's, you know, considered somewhat of a long course. There's not a whole lot of tricks to it. It's just good, solid golf. You can't fake it around there. The fairways aren't huge. Uh, the rough is always healthy. Uh, and you can't, and the greens are usually firm and fast. And uh, that, it, from a professional golf golfer standpoint, that's what you want every single week. Some places can't deliver it because of the climate, because of the membership, because of this or that. Uh, but Highland Meadows delivers it every single year. And uh, Judd does such an amazing job running the show there. Looking ahead to your travel coming into town, what are some of the quarantine processes that you might have to go through once you do get into Toledo? Uh, well, Karen, uh, my I don't know, wife, girlfriend, common law, who knows? We're too old to whatever. <laughs> anyway, my partner, um, we have taken it very serious. She actually had our face masks delivered here, our first order of face masks in January. She saw this coming long before anybody else did and had me at the grocery store early February loading up. And So we've taken it very seriously. We both had to get tested to go down and take part in the uh, TaylorMade Driving Relief Challenge, the very first event, live sporting event that was aired during all this stuff. Um, And we have limited our exposure 100% to anybody except for a grocery store where we wear our masks. We stay the hell away from everybody. Um, We're planning on doing the same. We're driving the entire year. We're not hopping on an airplane. I know they say it's safe, but I just just don't want to be a statistic. I want to be, you know, I want to remain healthy and so does she and we don't want anybody that we're around to get sick uh, because of us so we uh we are not really allowed in the tv compound that's on strict lockdown and all social distancing the whole tv production element has changed uh and we there will be no restaurants it's all to-go food it's all drive-through food or it's all stuff that i will have baked uh this weekend uh, and taken with me you know we've already seen the pga tour back in action for you know quite a few weeks here how do you feel that that tour has handled the restart? Obviously, the LPGA 
may have some similar protocols or maybe trying to get that same flavor back. But how do you feel the PGA Tour has opened their season so far with everything going on? Uh, you know, I think Mike Wan, the LPGA commissioner, is maybe likely the best commissioner in all of professional sports, maybe the best one I've seen in, in, in quite a while. Um, Jay Monahan is, is he's in that same conversation. He has done such an amazing job with this. Now, granted, the PGA Tour has some pretty deep pockets, has some pretty you know large coffers to draw upon in order to do it right. Uh, and they have done it right. They've done it absolutely right. And and in the beginning, when guys were, you know, when kind of when the whole South started opening up, and and then they played at Hilton Head, and we had three or four positive tests that week, he uh, he basically had to read them the riot act. And they're independent contractors, and they all, you know, he basically works for them. But he had to tell them, guys, you screw this up. We don't get a second chance. And they have they have uh, fallen in tow with that. Uh, his leadership is fantastic. He hasn't uh, made too many bad decisions and i know mike juan is he was the first of everybody he, i mean every decision he made during this was basically the first he was the first to cancel he was the first to do this the first to do that we're not the first to return but he will absolutely get it right given the uh, the restrictions and the uh, and the resources he has to work with he will get it right you mentioned that strong presence out in asia of course with all the players and really the tournaments that were going on at the beginning of the year when the pandemic kind of broke out in China and broke out over in Asia, Commissioner Wan and him being on the forefront of all that. And absolutely, he was kind of the first to put his foot down and say, hey, we're stopping this. Now it seems like he's played that waiting game pretty, I don't want to say perfectly. I don't know if anybody does anything perfect nowadays, but he's played this waiting game relatively well, in my opinion. Would you share that same thought? Yeah, yeah. Um, he claims to have made some bad decisions in his 10 years as commissioner. I have not seen one or witnessed one, and I'm pretty close to the organization and pretty close to their operations. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, like I told him many, many times, I said, you can guide my sleigh anytime. He's just that kind of guy who makes you want to walk over hot coals uh, for 10 miles to, if he says to, because he's such a, a dynamic and good leader. I'm honestly shocked he's still at the LPGA. I certainly thought uh, the Fortune 500 company or another sports league would have gobbled him up by now. But um, I'm sure he's had those calls, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, a lot of people have come looking for him. But I think he really he, – he he's not the kind of guy to start something he can't finish, and he doesn't think his job is finished yet. Jerry, of course, you've been with the Golf Channel for a while now, and you've seen events with fans, and now kind of we're breaching into this territory of playing without fans. Has it felt different from – even if you can try to draw it from a player's perspective, but from an analyst's perspective or from a commentator's perspective, do you feel that playing without fans has been feeling different? Absolutely. Yeah, it is different because you don't get to hear the reaction from the fans and you get such huge crowds at Marathon that you don't get to hear the eagle putt drop at 18 ahead of you when you have a one-shot lead. Um, that's going to be that, – that is quite a bit different. But there's there's also some other elements to it for someone who absolutely just loves the game of golf, period. doesn't matter who's playing, where they're playing, why they're playing. If it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. Um, you get you get up close and personal with them more. You hear more of that banter between the players through our field mics. You hear, you hear more of the conversation with the caddy. Um, and you get to see what somebody behaves like when there aren't people around because so often when you watch golf, all right, the guy or girl misses a putt. And they put their hands on their hip, they scratch their head, they tap down a spike mark. They do all these, you know, histrionics for the fans because nobody playing golf alone ever does anything like that. If you're playing mm -hmm. golf alone, you just go up and tap it in and that's it. 
so uh, it's it's kind of been refreshing in that regard because you get to see what you know meant to be played and and, and covering that driving relief uh, challenge with with uh, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Matthew Wolf, and uh, I've drawn a blank on the fourth. Um, oh, Rory McIlroy, of course. It was it was so neat because that is that is what we're trying to deliver each and every week. The, the experience of you playing alongside these guys or being inside the ropes with these guys. And uh, that was really refreshing. And I think to a large part, watching golf without fans uh, to the, to the purest is, is kind of refreshing. Real quick, before I let you go, do you have a prediction for a winner for the marathon classic? Oh God. Uh, I <laughs> predict Brittany Lincecum with a fresh mind is going to make some noise and she loves it there. And if she doesn't, It'll be Stacy Lewis. Wow, the hometown hero. That would be something. First event back. We, we actually talked to Stacy for this show, and uh, she's very excited to get back. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can't discount Lexi, who always plays pretty well there. Well, hey. So you got three favorites from me. Three favorites, three different loaves of bread, perhaps, over the last couple of weeks. Jerry, thanks for the time. We really do appreciate the uh, you know 20 minutes or so here you gave to us, and uh, we love the insight. We're very excited to have the tour back here in Toledo, and uh, I couldn't think of a better way, of course, at Inverness Club and then uh, over at the Marathon. So uh, safe travels. Best of luck getting up here, and and please do keep as safe as possible, and uh, we hope to get in touch with you soon. Thanks, Corey. I enjoyed it anytime, and I look forward to seeing you up there. All right, now we're joined by Blade Sports reporter and golf writer Kyle Rowland. Kyle, welcome to the podcast yet again, the LPGA special. Very busy week and a half here for you coming up. How's things been your way? All good. Um, great time of year. I mean, I, I love covering the marathon. I'm a huge golfer. It's my favorite sport, so it definitely agrees with me. And uh, having two tournaments this year, uh, back-to-back, is, is nice when uh, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. I don't know if you've uh, read the sports pages lately, but not too many live events going on. No, if, if I'm writing stories for the front page, that means there's really nothing going on. So, um, <laughs> so we're glad to have sports back. That's definite. I mean, baseball's back. The NBA, the NHL, they're in their bubbles, and golf has really been going on. And, Kyle, before we start talking about the, the marathon here, Mike Wan, we talked to him a few weeks ago on the podcast, and we and you obviously have spoken with him in preparation for these tournaments that are coming to Toledo. What's his take on the golf world kind of coming back at the pace that it's coming back, and especially with it starting in Toledo? What's your perspective on all that? Yeah, I mean, I think the tours have, have done very well. Um, I think they've been, you know, well thought out. I mean, they do tons of testing. Um, it's worked really well on the PGA Tour. I mean, they've had fairly minimal positive tests. I mean, a handful of players, handful of caddies. Uh, people have been responsible. I mean, they're when they go into town, they're, you know, staying at the house or the hotel they're staying at. They're not going out to restaurants and, and doing other things in the public. It's pretty much you know, eat, sleep, golf. I mean, that's the, the, the things they're doing. I mean, it's, it's not a true bubble, but it's as much a bubble as possible. And I think the LPGA has done a great job of that. It was, you know, well done at Inverness last week. Um, and I think, that, you know, the same for the marathon this week. I mean, 
their whole point of doing this in consecutive places was to keep everyone kind of sequestered, um, do all the testing, uh, not let a, a bunch of outsiders into the bubble. I mean, media is very limited. Uh, at Inverness, players weren't even allowed to have guests. They are allowed to have guests at the marathon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think everything's been done pretty well. You know, a lot of good thoughts uh, put into the plan. So you mentioned testing, and let's jump right into this. Over the past few days, we learned that Gabby Lopez became the first LPGA player to test positive for the coronavirus. What has the reaction been from the LPGA and maybe even from local health officials in helping her quarantine or maybe to keep the tournament kind of safe from the rest in, in terms of contamination? I don't think the reaction has been like some overwhelmingly, you know, shocking type thing or, oh, my goodness, or just because, I mean, other sports have come back. And, I mean, like especially golf, like the PGA Tour, and they've had positive tests. And, you know, positive tests are just inevitable. I mean, it's it's going to happen. I mean, Mike Wan said a couple of weeks ago, like, he thinks tournaments will be canceled. Um, so I don't think there was, like, a huge shock. Uh, people saw stuff like this coming. But at the same time, there also isn't, like, a massive worry because, like I said, you know, people are being responsible. Um, they're pretty much, you know, sheltering in place where they're staying at a hotel or a house and, you know, not going to restaurants. They're at the golf course pretty much exclusively. They're not allowed to even use a locker room at the golf course. They want to really limit their time indoors. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's unfortunate. Obviously, you don't want anyone to test positive, but it was just one of those inevitable things. Um, you know, she's going to self-isolate for a while, Um if there's a bunch of negative tests, though, I think if there's it's like two consecutive negative tests and no symptoms, you kind of are given the clear to go. Uh, she wasn't entered in the Marathon Classic, so I don't think it affects her this week. I don't. She didn't withdraw or anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, just kind of uh, I don't know. And oh well, we kind of knew this was going to happen. Kind of reaction, I guess you could say. So to kind of break the fourth wall down here for, for our listeners, we're recording this on the Thursday before the drive-on championship at Inverness Club starts. So we really can't speak too much about that tournament. But what we can speak about in part of this preview podcast, and we're doing the whole preview package, of course, in print as well, is the Marathon LPGA Classic over at Highland Meadows. Kyle, you've spoken to superintendents. You've, you've been to Highland Meadows. You've seen the track. How's the course looking right now, and what are they doing to prepare for this tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's as good as it's ever been. I mean, Greg Pattinson, the superintendent over there, is just awesome. I think this is his fifth year, so he's kind of in a groove, um, knows what he's doing, knows how to get it ready for the tournament. And the conditions this year, I wrote about this a few weeks ago, um, you know, those days in the 90s and the no rain, I mean, that, that's really hard for a superintendent, but it also lends itself to these courses being in great shape. They're firm and fast, which is how most players want it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Highland is just in pristine shape right now. They did a few changes uh, in the offseason. Uh, number 13, a par four. They cut a bunch of trees down, and it's not anywhere near as narrow as it used to be. They added some bunkers. Um, 
They added bunkers on number 15. Bunkers were the main thing. I mean, the, the, there's like four holes where they, they made some tweaks. Um, I mean, I think the scores will be low. I think it's just interesting, the contrast of Inverness is just so difficult and long. And it's not that Highland Meadows is easy. They just set it up for scoring. Um, so you just have a major difference in style of play from one week to the other. And I think it will be really refreshing for the players after they, you know, got, you know, beat up for three days on Inverness, which is, I mean, it's like being in a prize fight with Mike Tyson. Uh, to now they get to go out to Highland and, and get a lot of birds. Um, I think uh, the weather for once is going to be, like, perfect. Uh, it's usually about 90 degrees with 100% humidity. Just the long-range forecast, it looks like some of the days might even be in the 70s, which will be really nice. It's unfortunate that fans can't be out there because they sure look like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, you're looking at, I don't know, 17, 18 under par will probably win uh, at the marathon. In our preview section that we published on Sunday, you talked with defending champion Say Young Kim, who will not be participating in this year's marathon. What were some of the uh, points that she shared with you about whether the season restarting or not being able to come back to America? Can you kind of highlight some of that for us? Yeah, so she's uh, from South Korea, which is just a huge, you know, kind of the, the center of the LPGA world. I mean, it's where most of the top players come from. I think the top eight South Koreans are not playing in the marathon. It did not, it also did not play last week, whereas the top nine Americans are playing. And it just has to do with coming over. First of all, it's a really long trip. And then you have to quarantine for two weeks when you get here. And then after the marathon, they're going straight to Scotland. So it just wasn't super conducive to those girls coming over right now. But, yeah, I mean, she's one of the best players in the world and is going to continue to be. I think that for sure, you know, would have loved to defend her title. Um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate to, to win at a place and not get to play there the next year, especially when these circumstances are, are just so outside of her hands. But, yeah, she's played in the Korean LPGA Tour, uh, I think like five events maybe, and then had some really good finishes. Uh, so she's definitely staying sharp. And when she comes back over to the U.S., which I would assume will be sometime later in August or September, um, she'll be, you know, near the top of a lot of leaderboards. That's not to say, though, that the star power won't be here in Toledo for the marathon, as we, we saw it with the drive-on, where a good number of Solheim Cup participants from 2019 and quite a few projectables for 2021 are in that field for the drive-on. Looking ahead to the marathon, that field is going to be absolutely stacked, and that's even leaving out players like Young Kim and those coming over from South Korea. Yeah, I mean, I think the it's for sure the best field the marathon's ever had. I mean... It generally has a good field. Um, not not all the best Americans always play in it, but I mean, you have just the name. I mean, Nelly Corda, Jessica Corda, Lexi Thompson, Danielle Kang, um, Brittany Altamari, Brittany Linsicum. I mean, these are names that are really, really familiar with people in town, um, and they don't always get to see all of them. So that'll be great. And you mentioned the Solheim aspect. Um, 
you know, the entire U.S. team is playing. Eight of the 12 Europeans are playing. So it's cool that fans can kind of familiarize themselves with them. Uh, hopefully they're watching on Golf Channel. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Um, and then you've got people like Jennifer Cupcho, a young up-and-comer. Uh, you got Lydia Ko, who is, you know, trying to regain what she had was the, the, a few years back and she was the best player in the world. Uh, Stacey Lewis, Karina Pillar. I mean, just a lot of really good names. Um, and as I said earlier, I mean, it's just unfortunate that fans can't be here because they would, uh, they would just be overjoyed with all the names in this field. So it is a star-studded field, but of those names that you mentioned, who might you consider a favorite or a couple favorites to win? And then who might you consider a sleeper to come out and pull this off? Yeah, I mean, I think Lexi Thompson is like the overwhelming favorite. She's done everything but win the last few years. I mean, she's been like 40 under par combined. Uh, just hasn't been able to come out on top. Um, just Highland Meadows is just absolutely perfect for her game. Um, so I'd take the easy way out and just pick her. Nellie Corda has only played in the marathon once, but she held the 54-hole lead back in 2017, her rookie year. Um, I would be surprised if she wasn't in the top of near the top of the leaderboard. A sleeper, it's always fun kind of picking sleepers and doing the research and trying to figure out who – I think Jarena Pillar, someone I mentioned earlier um, – She's just kind of, she's fallen off a little bit from a couple of years ago when she was so good. Uh, part of that was she wasn't playing because she had a kid. Uh, but she's had success at the Marathon Classic before. Wouldn't be shocked to see her play again. Uh, Madeline Sagstrom, who I said was a sleeper for the, the drive-on championship, I think she's someone who might play well. She's from Sweden. Chances are she'll be on the Solheim Cup. She won a tournament already this year and has played pretty well in, in the three events she's played in. Um, so I, I would say those are, are two sleepers there. And I know fans can't go out, uh, but if, if you can watch her on TV at all, Ann Van Dam has just the most beautiful swing, perhaps in all of golf, men, women, old, seniors, whatever. It's just a gorgeous swing. Um, so anytime she's on the television, make sure you watch the marathon initially was going to have fans in attendance. And over the last week or so, we learned that that was not going to be the case anymore. Uh, you know, with Ohio governor, Mike DeWine basically saying no, how big of an impact do you think that's going to have on the tournament? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I mean, it, it's just super unfortunate because the field is so good, uh, you know, that, that they can't do that. The, the charity number We'll see if it's as big as what they were projecting. They thought it was going to be 600,000 uh, before COVID. Um, so you hope that that number is still big. Um, but, but I think the TV rating is going to be large. Uh, you just got so many American names that people want to watch. Um, you, it's live on Golf Channel. So I think people are going to be yearning just to kind of watch something. I know – Basketball and baseball are coming back, so that gives more options. But I don't know. I just think it'll be just a weird year. I mean, that's just kind of how 2020 is. But, I mean, I still think it will be positive. Um, the players will like it. 
some of these girls who don't play at the marathon usually, maybe they say, hey, I'm going to start playing this every year. And you kind of get a positive bounce from that. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be uh, all in all, I bet it's going to be a successful week. It just always seems like it is. Real quick before I let you go, where can we find your updates on social media? Yeah, I mean, I certainly, I mean, ToledoBlade.com, News Slides, uh, the paper, all that will be there. Uh, lots of coverage. Uh, my Twitter, I'm sure, will have lots of stuff. Uh, just my name, Kyle Roland. What else? Do you, oh, Facebook Live, I assume we're going to be doing. We get them uh, for the drive-on championship. I think we'll uh, probably myself and Dave Briggs will be on there talking some golf. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we got it pretty much covered in all uh, areas of media. Kyle, we appreciate the work. We appreciate the knowledge as always. Best of luck and have fun out there covering this event. We're excited to have golf back, and surely I know you are too. So thank you again for the wisdom. For sure. Thank you, Corey. My thanks again to Stacey Lewis, to Jerry Foltz, and of course to my colleague Kyle Rowland for taking time to join me for this special episode of Glass City Game Time. We hope we got to check out the feature section as well that appears in Sunday's Blade, complete with stories, with facts, with trivia, with features, all surrounding the LPGA's return to play and to Northwest Ohio. We hope you get to enjoy the Marathon LPGA Classic on television, on the Golf Channel all weekend. And a big thank you, of course, goes to you, the listener, for checking out this special episode of Glass City Game Time. If you enjoyed this show or want to go back to listen to previous episodes of our podcast series, there are multiple ways for you to do that. You can find us every week. We usually post episodes on Thursdays on ToledoBlade.com. You can find us on Blade News Slide. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Glass City Game Time and you will find us. If you aren't subscribed yet, please consider doing so. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like rating. Those go a lot farther than you might think. So, for Stacy Lewis, for Jerry Fultz, for Kyle Rowland, my name is Corey Christen. Thank you for listening to Glass City Game Time. And I'll talk to you next week.